on this week's episode, we talk about books. We talk about our reading journey, how we read, where we read, all the things of reading. So stick around. Hello and welcome to Rare with Flair. The podcast where two best friends with the same rare disease are living our best lives. I'm your host, Cassandra. I forgot my name. <laughs> oh, perfect. Because I'm your host, Casey. Oh my gosh. Old habits die hard because every time we say the new intro, it sounds wrong. It like, really, it like, just, it's a, uh, in your ear, it's just like, no, no, reject, reject. Like Something <laughs> Something sounds wrong, surely. But no. Um, but Cass, how have you been, girl? You know, I have been good. I have been cleaning good. away at my house. Things feel yes. fresh. Things feel good. I'm not done. But, you know, that's that's a good way to pass January, I feel. Um, and it feel it makes the, I don't know, makes the New Year start off strong. But I'm um, mm. trying to stay warm because it's supposed to snow real bad. How are you? Oh, yikes. We love fresh. I love I love that your home is fresh. I fresh. like the word. Fresh. It's fresh. It's fresh and clean. I've been good. I just got back from the National Institutes of Health. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I didn't really know if I was going to divulge that information. Here we are. I, Here we are. We're, we'll probably end up doing a whole episode on being in <laughs> studies. We might. <laughs> we might. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we are research participants at a few different places uh, yeah. because we have a rare disease called hermansky pudlak syndrome. And we may or may not have all... more research in the future. <laughs> yeah. And apparently we're a hot commodity. Truly. Oh, yeah, I mean... Yeah. They just want every piece of us. Who um, wouldn't want a piece of this? <laughs> both literally and figuratively, because I literally gave, like, skin. Yeah. Um, a TMI, piece of you. I don't know. It's a piece of me. It's gone. You've given pieces of you. I mean, you know, yeah. it's great. It's great. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't want a piece of you? Like you said, who wouldn't it's, want a piece of this? I would say the same about you. Yeah. Who oh, wouldn't thank want you, girl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you, girl. That's very <laughs> kind of you. Um, even if uh -huh. it's just for my medical stuff, at least people want a piece. Right. How was it? You. How did it go? I mean. It was fine. You know, it yep. was fine. It was Understandable. good. Um, yeah. It, it, it is what it is, is all it, I can yeah, say about honestly, it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was funny. My mom went with me for moral support. And when we first got there, our very first order of business was to order pints of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. To that is get us so through. important. It's important. I think it needs to be a tradition every time. Yeah, you know? I may or may not have to go back this year. Um, so yep. you'll have to clue me in on how you actually did that because I will have to copy. Yeah, pizza place. They mm. had it. They had it at the um, pizza place. Wow. They did. They did. They wow. did. But uh, also another quick life update, which has not actually come to fruition yet, but it might. And I think it it, it goes well with the ep that we're doing is yes. I just applied to volunteer a little bit at the library. Yay, the library! Cass and I are, are both huge fans of our local libraries. Oh, Literally the library. huge fans. I'm so um, excited, and it, f it would be such a good fit for you to volunteer at the library. I would absolutely live for that. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I'm not doing it yet. Like I said, I applied, but we will see. I, I have a lot on my plate, but I also need to get out of the house because all of my craziness that's on my plate all takes place at my home, and I want to find a way to get out a little more. Oh, so, yeah. I, I get know, that for sure. Any other life updates? for you before well, we not it. for me but potentially for our listeners because oh, yeah. if you guys remember if you were following us a couple years ago in 2021 we did a fundraiser for rare disease day and we sold t-shirts with our logo on them and it was all in support of the hermansky pudlak syndrome network uh that is the uh, rare disease that we have if you're new here but um, we may or may not, emphasis on the may, uh, <laughs> do, do another fundraiser this year. So stay tuned. It'll start on February 28th, which is Rare Disease Day. Uh, but we wanted to, like, tease it right now so that you tease guys it. get excited. 
Yep, yep, because who doesn't love merch of their favorite pod? We know this is your favorite pod. You don't have don't, to you don't have to be ashamed. <laughs> don't lie and say we're not your favorite. <laughs> Casey, are the you excited for merch? Of course, of course. I, I think am, we're already yes. planning how to use this merch, so hopefully Oh yeah. Mm. It's a look. It's a it's, a, it's a whole vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Mm. And um yeah, emphasis on the May. We're gonna try to make it happen. So be yes. on the lookout. Be on the For lookout. Sure. It's exciting. Oh uh, can't wait. Can't but wait. girl, books. Books. Uh Cass and I we have quite a, both of us have quite a lot to say about this topic. Um, yes. We've talked a little bit about books and reading in the past uh, episodes, but we were like, this deserves an entire it's, app on its own. Especially since I feel like recently both of us have like more to talk about regarding yes. this topic. Like it feels very I'd timely. So. I'd say so. I'd say so. So kind of similar to our cooking episode, if you uh, listened two weeks ago to our episode all about cooking if you haven't it was fun um we're gonna kind of just right now discuss our relationship with reading throughout our lives from childhood up until this point you know yeah yeah so let's see i'll i'll start um yes take it away all right so um when i talked about this in our school episode that was it may as well have been forever ago, but it was. Um, yes, <laughs> literally. But um, so I, I always really enjoyed reading as a kid. Uh, I read really early on, actually. I think I was like four years old when I could read. Um, mm. And like in first grade, I was already reading chapter books. Like it was really fun. I, I really like, I read a ton as a kid and I was in like all of the like local library reading competitions we would get a personal pizza oh. <laughs> oh. and and for like what what did you have to do how many books were you we had to re- uh, it, i think it was like 100 books in the summer or, something. It was something, or in the summer oh wow it was like a summer reading challenge it was like a certain amount of books for the summer i don't even remember but i like, remember that happening like i never did it but i know what you're talking about like i remember yeah that well i was and just excited because i got a f- personal pan pizza from pizza hut oh <laughs> my gosh i'm obsessed with this i'm upset <laughs> i'm sorry i cut you off i had to no you're good it's worth it's that. worth spending time on <laughs> i'm uh, i wish this were still a thing i wish goodreads like gave me a pizza that's for my reading man challenge. wow we should really petition this <laughs> we should we should. Hey, I still think local libraries do it. So I wish they did it for adults. That's the For thing. adults, they should. They really should. Because I think adults struggled to, to find the time to read more than kids might. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. so like I read a lot growing up. And, I, you know, I think like this might be kind of a theme for both of us that, um, you know, growing up in the in the early 2000s, like. I forced myself to, like, use my eyes more than I Mm. really needed to. Maybe it was to fit in and and do things like everybody else in in a way. But, like, I, like, really, I would force myself to read printed books. I have, like, so many memories of being on, like, road trips and putting, you know, blankets on the windows and hiding under a blanket just so I could get just a crack of light so that I could correctly read a book. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But um, now as an adult, I don't actually read as much. I've actually, I've recently started getting back into reading more um, because I always felt like audio books were cheating if you weren't Mm. really reading. But I want to get it. Yeah, later. we're going to get into that later. Yeah, we're going to get into that <laughs> later. But so you have been reading more audiobooks lately is what you're saying. I really have. I've been I've been reading audiobooks yeah. more before bed and like sometimes when I'm doing some housework, I'll I'll put on my audiobook and get go to town, you know. It's it's fun. It feels sort of like watching TV without having to watch TV. <laughs> um, but it's really it's cool and I'm happy that I'm getting back into reading. Um a lot of the time, like, I feel like if I have extra time, I'd rather just, like, not have to think too hard and therefore not read a book. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, because I do read for school. Like, I, I had mentioned I'm in grad school, so I'll read um, the books that they 
will tell us for our classes, and those are interesting, but, you know, they're not reading for fun, so. Mm, right, right, exactly. No, I like, I, yes, I love all of that, especially the pizza part. Yes, pizza. Um, so, yeah, we have talked about this a while ago, but just to recap, my journey with reading was pretty different. Um, as a kid, reading frustrated me a lot. Learning to read frustrated me. Um, looking back, I think... School frustrated me in general, all of it. I was not a school-loving kid. And the problem with me is, like, I only really – I get really passionate about learning and reading only when it's really something I care about. And I guess anybody could say, yeah, well, that's for anybody. But really, I think the reason I didn't like reading as a kid is I didn't – I wasn't reading things that I would have liked. Like, at school, they were yeah. making us read the most – boring like these like little pamphlet books they would give us about the most boring things that I didn't care about mm -hmm. and so I just did I thought I didn't like reading because I wasn't reading things I was interested in is the bottom line and then Word. when I was about like 14 I discovered Twilight which I've talked about on this podcast before <laughs> which is hilarious that Twilight was my gateway drug but I'm very grateful for it I'm grateful to Stephanie Meyer I know nothing about her but I'm grateful for the Twilight books so then after reading Twilight I became obsessed with reading at that age mostly young adult fiction I would go to Barnes and Noble or the library literally like every Friday night to the point where, like, I knew the people that were regulars That's at amazing. said places. Um, I read all kinds of stuff. I would always have a book with me in my backpack. Um, I would get in trouble for trying to read in class. Like, it was, like, all the time. I just, I went from, like, zero to 100, like, major book lover. Um, and then in college, I read a little less because kind of like what you were saying, Cass, just, like, the time. Yeah. Like, you don't have a lot, of, you're reading, like, textbooks. So you don't have a lot of time. Then when I graduated college, I was going through a time of transition. I was lonely and bored. And I made a booktube YouTube, <laughs> a yes. booktube channel, which really is just a YouTube channel where you talk about books. And that was a lot of fun. I made That's a lot so of cool. friends that I still am quote unquote friends with. And I met one of them in person like multiple times. Um, That's so cool. So... That community was really cool and like I hate to be dramatic but it got me through a dark time like that year was yeah. hard for me and that was what I had like that was my hobby that was my passion um since then I still love to read I've gone through different phases with like genres like I you know when I first started I was into YA I went through a big like fairy tale retelling moment there in like 2015 um and my my taste keeps changing, but I still I'm obsessed with I'm still obsessed with watching BookTube. I don't make it anymore, mm -hmm. but I watch I watch Bookstagrammers, BookTubers, TikTok book people constantly. I'm always adding to my Goodreads. I'm very active on Goodreads. Um, I'm in a book club. And so I still really it is still one of my biggest hobbies and passions, even though it's waxed and waned throughout since I've been 14 so yeah. it's funny since I was like 14 when I started I guess I've loved reading for a little over half my life now and I'm very grateful for the love of reading that came to me but it took so a while cool. so I, it's almost like we switched because you were more into uh, it right <laughs> as a kid um but yeah no so that's my long monologue <laughs> <laughs> no no and I think that's really awesome I'm really glad that we got to represent multiple perspectives about like reading and you know it was funny I was actually just talking with some friends uh like yesterday about how like they're trying to get back into reading also as an adult and so I think I think we all go through journeys with it but reading is really important and I think that it is a hobby that people should at least maybe try to have because it is really good for your your brain <laughs> and I will give some advice for anyone trying to get into reading this is genuinely what helps me find the booktubers the book talkers the bookstagrammers and find what you like that is so important if you just go and you try to pick up a book from the bookstore maybe like a popular one for me, I'm such a mood reader. And like I was saying, even in my childhood, if I was forced to read something I didn't want to read, it wasn't going to happen. I have to be really, really excited about it. And I feel like BookTube and those kind of like recommendation videos 
not only get you excited about reading, but also show you what genres you like. Because the more you read, the more you learn what you like. So that's important. That's really helpful advice, especially even for me as I'm trying to get back into it. (laughs) Yes, you got to find what you like, girl. Yeah. um, So let's talk about reading and, and how we do it. Like when, what, where. Um, so what kinds of books, I mean, you were just talking about that, about the genre that you've like kind of gone in and out between, but what are you reading like right now? Oh, oh, girl, I read a little (laughs) bit of everything. I, people ask me my favorite genre. It's so hard to say. I would say like, of course I love like cottage core, um, type books, um, feel good, cozy type books. Anything That's like so royal cool. royalty, princess, love that kind of stuff. Um, magical realism where it's not super high fantasy, but there are magical elements. I love anything with like anything with like love, like not necessarily even romance, but just like, yeah, just like something that makes you feel good. But I also I read some nonfiction. I read a lot of nonfiction, actually. I read fantasy sometimes. I read theology stuff sometimes. I I'm all over the place. Um, not as much young adult anymore, not because I'm too cool for it, but it's just, I don't know, you grow, you grow up, and right. I never thought I would, like, not be into it, but, yeah, you kind of grow up. Uh, not that, yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, this comes from a person who still watches cartoons, like, on the daily, literally, <laughs> so I can't, I don't think you're ever too old for good, and I think this with cartoons, too. If the thing is good and well-written and well-done, then it should be enjoyed by any age. So, like, you're never too old for even children's books. You're never too old. But what about you, girl? Yeah, okay. So this is interesting. Um, So as an adult, when I have read, um, I I do a bit of nonfiction, you know, when I want to learn something new. I've, like, picked up books before on, like, finance. I I read Marie Kondo's book uh, a couple years ago when I was, like, really like deep cleaning and purging. Um, So I always liked YA also. I think it's really hard not to like YA when you're growing up. Yeah. Um, But um, so what I've actually been doing recently is I, this is a middle grade book, right? But, or Mm -hmm. series, but I actually, someone talking about audiobooks, it's like, you know what? I want to listen to because I never finished reading it as a kid when on physical book and I always felt kind of lame about that uh, I wanted to finally finish reading the series of unfortunate events because I've watched the Netflix adaptation and it's brilliant like they did an yes. incredible job with it and the writing style is so like funny it's so quirky kind of comedy kind of dark um mm-hmm. but not like to the point that it's horror, it's, like, kind of sarcastic, and I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that kind of narration, um, and so that's something that I've been... Like, I'm almost done. I'm, like... Oh, really? There's, like, 13 gonna... books in the series, and I started okay. in, like, November, so I yeah, think I I've got ask. two books left, so I'm on number 11, Okay, okay, oh, I'm sorry, gonna ask where you are where you are in the series. I've actually never read it. I have watched the Netflix show and it's amazing. I've actually never read it. So no, that's so fun though. I love that you're still doing that because I knew you were reading it and I forgot if you Yeah, I had just finished like a couple days ago I just finished number eleven, so then I'd be on number oh 12. Oh my gosh, but, like, love it. Yeah, but but um, you know, so I'm since I'm trying to get back into reading, I'm trying to see, like, what it is that I... Because I, like, I, I like an, a crisis of self. I was like, what do I even like? Like, yes. I don't know. It's been yes. a long time. So... <laughs> yes. And that's where also Goodreads can come in. If you if you like something, it'll tell you, like, this book is similar to this book. Mm. Um, there are also Goodreads awards every year. So it'll be, like, the best of romance, the best of mm-hmm. sci-fi, the best... And so just do some searching. Just do some searching, girl. All right, all right. I like. You can it. find your way. You can find I your like way. It. I believe. I believe in you. Um, but so formats. Are we ready to get into formats? I feel like this is going to be a long. Wait, wait. No, no. Topic. No, we're we not ready. Got, we like. Okay, but when? When do you like to read? Okay, read? we'll we'll get into that. Oh, but no, we do need. You're right. We do need to we're discuss. Not, we're not done. So 
in order to explain to you when and where I like to read, I do need to kind of get into formats a little, but we're going to save okay. that deeper topic. So I read 50-50 Kindle and audiobook. So th- that, like, that being said, I'm, I am usually always reading both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And by usually, I mean when I'm in a reading spell, which I am right now, but it comes and goes sometimes. So I, when do I read my Kindle? Kind of any time I have free time. So this would be the time of day mm-hmm. that, that you would normally like get on TikTok or watch TV. I get on my Kindle and I read. And I even read while I was traveling, you know, you can take it out in public, read on the airplane, whatever. Yeah, and cool. then for audiobooks, kind of, yeah, doing chores um in the morning when I'm getting ready at night when I'm getting ready for bed kind of just when you have like a free moment um I yeah so that's kind of when I read my audiobook yeah it's kind of sometimes when I'm on my bike I'll read I I do a stationary bike by the way I'm not like outside um (laughs) on my stationary bike I'll read my audiobook Mm. yeah sometimes not always some depends um so yeah those are my those are my wares yeah. and wins. So, what about you? Starting with uh, with audiobooks, I've been I've been listening to them before bed because I feel like that sort of helps me unwind a little bit without like a screen, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so I, I'll like set a sleep timer for like ten minutes and listen, like as I'm starting to fall asleep. Um, sometimes I've listened in the morning while I get ready or, um, sometimes on my commute. Lately when I've traveled, I've, uh, listened on the plane, which is a really great way to pass the Mm -hmm. time on a plane. Um, and yeah, sometimes doing chores, I'll do audiobooks. Uh, when it comes to physical books, I mostly read at night. I am a night Mm -hmm. person by nature, so like... That's usually when I even do my reading for school anyway. But, uh, I mean, if it's a weekend and I have the time, maybe during the day. But um, I like I really like to be, like, cozy in my bed when I read. Yes. And I, I read on my iPad usually. Um, okay. I'm not as much of a reader to, like, warrant using a Kindle. So I just, like, I'll use the... Um, the Libby app or I have um Bookshare because I'm a student um and so like students can access Bookshare for free which is awesome and um so I, I read on the voice stream app that app costs like $25 but it was a solid purchase just because like you can really tweak the background and foreground colors to something that Ooh. will um will like please you also I read cookbooks actually sometimes i'll read cookbooks like a book um, oh i love it of course yeah, you do. it's really cookbook cool club. especially because of cookbook club that i do with the old ladies at the library um i have to like learn about the book and we sit together and discuss it so like sometimes the the author of the cookbook will have like anecdotes and things like that and i i really enjoy that see like their journey with the recipe and whatnot I don't like that when I look for a cooking blog, but I do like it in a cookbook. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, the blogs annoy me because I, like, I'm trying to get a recipe, and then they explain, like, their whole day, and I'm like, I just want the recipe. I, I don't need, like, your whole life story. Um. No, yeah. I – so, like – yeah, so we kind of started talking about formats in that area. But there, I feel like there's so much else we could say. Like, there really so is. So much else we could say. So I did oh my I did want to take a small tangent just because part of Please the reason do. I'm getting back into reading, part of uh part of which is book cookbook club, part of which is like grad school. Uh, but because of grad school, I actually took a course last fall uh, on user research, which is essentially like trying to understand what people want when they use technology or do anything really. It's just like understanding people's needs, kind of social sciencey. And then how do we try and meet those needs uh, in a really basic way, right? Um, So for my user research class, we had to pick a topic and, like, recruit people and, like, 
ask them a lot of questions and write a report on it. And I really wanted to talk to other blind and low vision people about how they read books. It just kind of came to me, which is hilarious because I don't read that much. Um, (laughs) But like, I just thought it would be really interesting because I know that with the advent of technology, it's easier now than it ever has been before to access books. But that doesn't mean that makes it like simple to get. So um, I interviewed nine people last fall. Casey was one of them. Thank you, girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, girl. Um, about kind of what we're talking about, about like how people read, where they get their books from, and like any issues they have while like trying to get their books to read or while reading like actually reading their books and so it was really interesting it really did inspire me to want to read more um and I'll probably talk a little bit especially when we come to formats like I'll probably talk a little bit about what I learned from my participants but um one thing that was cool when thinking about when people read is that a lot of I also intentionally sought out blind and low vision people who like really did love to read both for you know for pleasure and also for like school or work or whatever and um a lot of people described reading as kind of this really it was so wholesome it was this like lovely little ritual and people would talk about when asked like how, like when do you read and and what do you what makes a good reading environment people were like oh man I love like turning down the lights like getting some cozy like mood lighting if they were low vision or sometimes people would just be like I'll just sit in a dark room and listen to an audiobook um or like I'll cozy up on my big chair with a blanket and you know just really dive into my book and I'm like that's lovely so reading is truly a ritual (laughs) yeah no and I think I'm so proud of Cass for this project it was so cool and I learned a lot about low vision and blind people and how they access books and reading and yeah it is a ritual I think like for me it's very stress relieving for me Mm -hmm. um and I feel you know I feel like, you know, I love to read, but I feel like sometimes when you talk about loving to read or like how much you read, it seems like you're being like, well, I read as if it's like this like noble, more noble hobby than like watching TV or whatever. And and watching TV is also storytelling. I, you know, I think watching TV is also a great hobby. I don't think I'm like better or smarter or whatever. I just genuinely, it brings me joy and it brings my like blood pressure down. Like it literally like... <laughs> It's an anxiety, it's a stress reliever for me. And it's also maybe a little bit of escapism. Let's be real. I don't know how healthy that is. Um, hey, but, it's good sometimes, though. Gets you out of your yeah, head. So, like, you know, I feel like people sometimes, it's like this, you know, more uppity thing or whatever. But really, I just, I, I you know, as a person who's like an actor, I've always been... I've always been a, such a lover of stories and characters. And, and so I love that in any way. I love that in plays, in TV shows, in books. Like, I love stories, like, any, in any format, you know. Yeah. But you kind of got into for, – form, speaking of any format, <laughs> yes. getting into formats. There are many different formats and ways we can read. We talked a little bit about it. But so you could have e-books. You can have Braille mm-hmm. books, audio books, physical books. And then we have, you know, like, how do you get your books? Do you get them from the library? Do you buy them? Do you whatever? Right. Um, so I can get into this a little. Um, so like I said, I split audiobook and Kindle books, like kind of 50-50. Mm-hmm. Audiobooks. How do I get my audiobooks? So I have the Libby app, which is a library app. If you have a library card, that's all you need. And you can download the Libby app and get books for free. You do have to wait in a line sometimes to get them, you know, like a library would be. Mm -hmm. And then you have to return them like a library. So, but also I have this app called Bard Mobile, which Mm -hmm. is through the, what is it? National Library Services? It's like super long. It's it's the National Library Services through the Library of Congress. National Library Services for the blind and physically handicapped, I think, something like that. Uh, Physically disabled or something. Anyway, through the Library of Congress... They have this program. It used to be this, like, big, chonky machine. But now it's an app. Yes, and I had the big, chonky machine, which is, like, a machine for audiobooks back years ago. 
And then I didn't even know there was an app. I discovered this through Cass, like through, through my project. project she was doing. Anyway, it's an app that you, I mean, obviously you have to like apply for this and prove that you are indeed low vision slash blind and you need mm-hmm. this. Um, and then you can download this app and you can download audiobooks on there. So those are the two ways for I free. access for free. So that's amazing. And those are the two ways I access audiobooks. The ways I access my Kindle books, um, same thing, Libby. You can also download ebooks from Libby, but also I buy them because, um, you know, consumerism and I, I buy yeah. things. So that's okay. I did just buy like a lot of books recently on my Kindle. <laughs> um, Kindle books are generally cheaper than physical. Um, and my personal experience with physical, and I want to hear yours too, Cass. So my personal experience with physical books is I used to read exclusively physical books. When mm-hmm. I got into reading when I was 14, I always had a physical book with me. I love physical books. I miss physical books. If I could read physical books, I would. It's not worth it for me. They are too... In order to get them close enough to my face to be able to see them, it is too heavy. It hurts my shoulders. Um, The Kindle is great because it's very lightweight, but also the Kindle uses e-ink, so it looks like real ink. It's not blue light like from your phone. Um, And so I really, really love that. And so um, I do have a few more things to say, but I want to hear your... Okay, I have a lot to say both about like from my perspective and then from what I learned from my participants in my project. Yes. Okay, so when it comes to formats for me, I I started reading audiobooks very recently and I also read them on the Libby app. Um I did thanks to my project, I did just get reinstated on Bard Mobile because like Casey said I had Bard Mobile like or a, a Bard NLS library services for the blind it's uh, it has so many names <laughs> um i had one of their chonky machines like uh, over 10 years ago but i didn't use it very much because it, it felt a little impractical and i didn't really know that they had an app until i did this project so i've got my bard account reinstated and that's another way that i can access audiobooks um for physical or physical books for visual reading like digital ebooks um, I also will use Libby sometimes, but lately, since I am in grad school and I'm a student, I have been using Bookshare, uh, which, like I said, is free for students, which is a really, really, really helpful tool. I think, like, you have to to qualify and have that free access for students. You have to have, like, some kind of also proof that you are disabled, but, um, I mean, I think I got that in oh gee like middle school or something so I've had Bookshare for a really long time and all they ask you to do every year that you are in school um is just be like are you still in school and I'm like yes I am still in school so um so that's really cool I really like using Bookshare um I just I feel like I I can find so many of the books that I'm looking for on there it's got a really like vast variety of books and um so I have also paid for Kindle books when I've really needed them for school. But um, thinking about my project, it was super interesting thinking about also BARD and NLS, whatever. Um, it was super interesting because out of the nine people that I interviewed, seven of them used BARD Mobile. And the other two people, which at that time, one of which was Casey, um they didn't use Bard just because they hadn't really heard of it. And I was kind of shocked. Like I, because then it made me think like, how did I ever even hear? Well, one, I didn't know either that it was an app, but how did I even hear about this program to begin with? Like well over 10 years ago, I don't even, I don't even remember. So utilizing this platform, I do not know who needs to hear it, but if you are blind, um, or low vision, legally blind, and you want free audiobooks, go check out the National Library Services for the Blind um, through the Library of Congress. Go sign up with BARD. All you need is your eye doctor to sign off on something to prove that you are, in fact, legally blind or blind. Um, and, and 
Yeah, you will be grateful because it's awesome. Yes, and fun fact, I am getting my certification in Braille transcribing, which has taken, you know, half of my lifetime. I'm kidding, but not really. It's been a long time. <laughs> and fun fact, it's, it's, like multiple it's years. through the National Library Service Library of Congress Woo! thingy. So, like, it's all connected. And speaking of Braille, I, I, I don't want to get you off topic because I know you have more to say, but, like, speaking of Braille... That is another reading format that some low vision yes. people use. Um, I can read Braille just through the fact that I'm getting my certification in Braille transcribing, but it's not something I actually do. Like, I don't actually sit there and read Braille books, but some people do, and that's pretty cool. I would say most people with albinism, which is our condition that I've talked to, don't actually read Braille for leisure. Some of them can mm -hmm. read Braille. They learned when they were young or whatever, but... Um, that's that's most, not all. Of course, some of them do. But what is your experience with Braille? <laughs> Sorry, I'm dying. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, I started learning Braille when I was like five, and I didn't want to learn it. Like, I, I yeah. thought it was kind of fun and interesting, but I, like, I wasn't going to lose my vision. And I just wanted, I would have rather, like, read and I kept trying to physically read which is really right, funny right. like they would try to show me like the big like braille cells and the big dots and they do like the fun tactile like exercises to get you familiar with the braille alphabet but like I just would look at it so uh which is really funny because I'm low vision but <laughs> right library so bard library services whatever you can also request Braille manuscripts, and they will mail them to you, um, which is really fascinating. And um, the books that they also provide as audiobooks, you can also get them in the in the special format to be able to output on a Braille display. So if you are a Braille reader, you can access books like that also for free through um, through Bard. Um, another thing, so back to my project. Um, I interviewed like five people that were more considered low vision, like they could read visually with their eyes, and then four like more blind people that could not physically read with their eyes. And so almost all of the blind people did read with Braille at least sometimes, if nothing else, to just keep up the skill. So if you're blind, totally recommend like if you haven't been reading in Braille, then maybe like just taking it slow reading a few books at a time um and that's really cool when also case earlier just mentioned physical books and i also i can relate i definitely i used to read physical books all the time as a kid uh up until probably high school um i remember when i stopped reading physical books and it's because i was in honors english when i was a freshman and we read the abridged version because we don't hate ourselves of les miserables uh -huh. and i was trying to read the physical copy of the book and i had to use like a magnifier lamp oh. and i was getting headaches oh. and i had to also annotate the book mm. so it was it was so difficult and I don't know if I picked up another physical book after that. Um, that's yeah. when I think I learned about Bookshare. Um, I said middle school earlier. I might have been high school. So I'm trying I'm to get the li the lighting is a big thing, though. Trying to get the lighting right was always really yeah. hard for me. It was very it's hard. So hard. And I feel like with the Kindle, which I literally like promote the crap out of um, with the newer versions, uh, you can. So it has a, a so. I want to differentiate again between like the blue light of your cell phone and a Kindle light because all a Kindle light is is literally a, a light, mm -hmm. like a backlight. And um, there's a new function on it now where you can change the like hue of it to make it more like a yellow amber light or a oh more like gosh. white light. And oh, lighting temperature change. is like everything it's to amazing. me because. It's amazing. In my house, I don't have anything beyond just, like, neutral white light. Like, anything bluish kills yes, my eyes. Yes, I love so this, like, amber I color. love that feature. It's amazing. That's awesome. I mean, I don't have a Kindle, but I'm, like, constantly turning that feature on on my phone yes. and stuff. I really, really like it. It's amazing. Um, And speaking of physical books, when it came to my project, every single person, whether they were blind or low vision, all nine people 
at different points during our conversation. And I did sort of ask a question about it, but like everyone kind of came to the same uh, conclusion, which was fascinating. Everyone was like, man, I wish I could read physical books. I miss physical books. I love the feeling of turning pages. I, um, I like books served so many purposes for people. Um, they were like, they were like emotional, like people owned books to like, you know, as kind of trophies to prove that they read it. Like, look at this thick book. I read that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, of like a collector's item Mm -hmm. because they got it like a signed copy or a special, um, like cover art or like, I knew someone in my, one of my participants, she would buy physical books and it was so cool. She would buy them just to lend them to other people. Oh, that's cool. Which is so awesome. It was like a social connection. Um, So physical books, whether we can read them or not, and some of the, especially some of the blind people had talked about when they started reading Braille and they had like the big chunky like kid Braille books. Um, And so they mentioned that like as an adult, it's like a little less practical to have like a big Braille book because they come in like massive volumes. Like Braille is very like space consuming. But there were a few of my participants that still would like contact Bard periodically and just have a Braille book shipped to them just because it felt good to turn pages. And I love that. I love it. A a few more things I thought of as you were listing off the things about physical books. First of all, a lot of people talk about the smell of a physical book. The book smell. Yeah, Um, a lot of people mention that. And then another thing is how beat up it is shows how much you love it. And you don't get mm-hmm. that with an audiobook or a Kindle. Like there are certain books I would no. read over and over and they're like tattered because of how much how much I lent them to other people yeah. and stuff. And I used to do that. My two of my best friends and I in high school would bring books to school like once a week and lend them to each other. And that was like That's so I cool. get sad now that people don't buy me books anymore because they know that I don't read physical books anymore. And I I have three large bookshelves in my house and I would say 98% of those books are from my high school days when, or even into college a little bit when I would read physical books. I don't really buy them anymore, but I've kind of decided if Mm -hmm. I ever find a favorite favorite, maybe like two or three a year that are like my favorite of that year that I might buy those physical copies just to have on the shelves. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I I know people love to annotate in physical books, and you can annotate a little mm. bit in a Kindle. Um, you can underline things and yeah. stuff, but eh, you know, you not can. the same. Um, you can't fold down a page <laughs> or whatever. So yeah, and I, if you don't mind, I was gonna also kind of get it. This kind of leads us into audiobook territory. I, you know, I think we have some things to say about kind of what you were saying oh, earlier yes. is like oh, audiobooks yes. being quote unquote cheating. So. I do want to talk about that. I think people do feel that uh, is audio is listening to an audiobook really reading. And I have a few thoughts on that. So it's not the same thing. No, we're not going to say it's the same thing as visually reading a tangible book. Um, but a lot of scientific studies have actually been done that the same parts of your brain light up when you're physically reading versus so audiobook cool. reading. Also, um, you know, hearing stories, being told stories is our first way, you know, when we're born of ever, of ever, you know, learning a story or hearing a story. And so one of the cool things about audiobooks to me is it does kind of feel like when you're, it takes you back to childhood when you, when you would be told stories. And it yeah. kind of feels like a once upon a time moment of someone reading you a book. And I loved being read books mm-hmm. when, you know, as a little kid before bed, your mm-hmm. parents read you a book, whatever. So I think those are some cool things. And I think um, obviously also being able to multitask is awesome. Being able to do a chore while yeah, listening to an audiobook. <clears throat> now, I will say on the contrary, when it comes to like reading a book on my Kindle, I really, I really like that in my brain, I can make up the voices or, or the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, audiobooks, usually it's a very talented actor doing it and they're amazing, but they do, they put a spin on it that is not otherwise there. Like it's just going to happen. They, they put their own mm-hmm. inflection. And so I like being able to put my own inflection on, but I'm not saying that to 
downplay audiobooks because there are some people who can only read audiobooks and we don't want to say that they are not reading because you are still learning the material. You, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you are still learning what's in that book, you have read that book. Like, I mean, I think yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. If you, no matter which way you did it, you're still getting that information in your brain and you're still learning new things and yeah. you're still doing all that. And the last thing I'll say about... And you still employ your imagination. Oh, Sorry yeah. Off, oh, no, you do. Like, yeah. You know, maybe you don't, like make up voices in your head for the characters if the actor who is like reading the book already does that but like you're still not seeing the like whatever's going on no. in the book no. like you are still imagining the the scenery that they're describing and the actions that are taking place so it's still it's still not i don't know it's almost like a podcast but like yeah. it's still not just watching a show. No, no, no. You're still having to use those areas of your brain. And actually, one of my very favorite booktubers that I follow, who I love, and she's extremely intelligent, she has a really bad, like, chronic concussion issue. She, like, had an accident, Mm. got a concussion, and for a really long time, she had, like, double vision and could not read, like, physical books anymore. Oh, wow. And she was a big reader. And now, it's been years, and now I think she's reading physical but she really went into like her audiobook era when that happened. And it was really cool to mm-hmm. see. And I do think in some ways saying that audiobooks is less, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go all the way to say like you're ableist, but it it goes into that territory because there are some people sure. who not only blind people, but people even like severe dyslexia or like other issues or even like the girl with a concussion that I follow. I mean, some mm-hmm. people literally can't read. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I don't know, there is still something special about an audiobook. It still feels cozy in a way. I, that storytelling feel yes. of even, even like, not just childhood, but, like, now that we were alive for this, but, like, it feels very kind of, I don't know, like, tribal, uh, you know, old societies where that was kind of the only way of communicating yeah. stories was by sitting and listening Literally. to a story. Yes. And and that, it feels special in a way, like you're accessing something really unique. I think the times that I choose that I, uh, choose that I don't want an audiobook is when I like really want to like focus and, and understand the material because I mean, if you are multitasking, of course, like you're not going to be 100% focused on the material that you're listening to. Um, So I started reading a book in Spanish and I wanted to challenge myself like from a language development perspective just so that I could like physically read the book. And it's slow going, but you know, it's happening. (laughs) I love that. And I I love that audiobooks are having such a resurgence right now. They are becoming... popular not just with us blindies but with everybody and that's what a lot of people i interviewed were saying too like not i mean casey said it while i interviewed her and now but a lot of people were saying like look it's so cool that everybody is really into these just because it's supply and demand right like demand has increased from everybody so then now there are so many more audiobooks available just broadly, not exclusively for disabled people, but we get to also reap that benefit. I mean, which is so we've cool. talked about this again and again on the podcast. When you do something for a disabled person, everybody reaps the benefit and we love to see it. Everybody reaps the benefit. And like, yeah, and gets to audiobooks to good used books. to be like a tiny <laughs> section in the bookstore of like CDs and now they're like so accessible. And oh, girl, do you remember Books on Tape? My dad was such a big Books oh, on Tape guy. Of course. Guy. And I, um, no, and I love it. And I think I definitely was going to say something and now I don't remember, but you know what? Like <laughs> I, um, no, I, I was going to say, I love reading an audiobook, also written, uh, like a nonfiction audiobook that's read by the author. I think that's a special experience. Ooh, that's special. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth just came out with a new book. And of course I read it because I'm obsessed with Kristen Chenoweth and she of like course. cried during it. And I was like, I would have never known that I would have never heard that if I had read the book. I like being able to hear the emotion. That's um, so cool. And then also, I like you were saying with multitasking, I think doing a, um, if you want to like have that experience of calming down with an audiobook, I think like 
coloring or doing a puzzle or doing those kind of things mm, while you like audiobook um, or like knitting or anything like that is really a relaxing experience and it helps you to kind of focus on it because it is passive like you said where you're not like running around like putting you know putting up your dishes or whatever it's a little more like relaxing so that was another right. thing I wanted to say no that's a great thing someone I interviewed mentioned like doing a puzzle I don't puzzle and... but I color sometimes I know well actually girl I I did not tell you about this I'm just gonna tell you about this right here Please. on the um, <laughs> a, a, one of my blind friends recently she, it was it was christmas themed so it's whatever but like she sent out like tactile coloring books oh my gosh it's really that's so cute it's really cool like they're made with a braille emboss oh that's so and cool. there are like no visual lines so like you just have to feel it and it's like it's it's that awesome so like, cool um, I also I'll have to show it to you. It's all like yes, here on my desk. But. <laughs> I wanted to say one more thing. I discovered literally last night um, that changed my life. Quite literally changed my life. Please, please do share. So, please do share. Graphic novels. So I'm not trying to be condescending to the podcast listeners by describing what a graphic novel is, but I will just in case people don't know what please, that is. Please describe. So yeah, a graphic, graphic novel. novel well. It's very similar to a comic book. It's um, a book with pictures, and then like the text is in like bubbles, like a comic, like a comic would be. Um, Mm -hmm. graphic novels are pretty popular. I, even though I'm blind, I love beautiful things. I love animation. I love cartoons. Did you, did you listeners know that we like cartoons? I don't think we really, I don't think we've ever talked about that before. It's, I don't know. It's not like we mention it in every episode, but I love, I love beautiful art (laughs) and a graphic novel is what that is. And I've always obviously had trouble reading a graphic novel. On a Kindle, it's black and white. It's not that, you can't really, uh, no, no, no. Um, Mm. And so I was on my Kindle app on my phone last night. And Mm -hmm. I have a graphic novel on my Kindle because I still bought it anyway, even though I was like, I don't know if I can do this. So it has this feature. Oh my gosh. So like, let's say on one page, there's like, four different like text bubbles like like Mm -hmm. four different squares it has this feature where it like it not only can you zoom in on your own wherever you want it like zooms in on the like square for you and then you just swipe through it and it like go oh my gosh oh yes okay so the only reason i know about this and it's not because i like tried to read a graphic novel is because i work in accessibility and i was talking to one of my colleagues about my project actually Uh and he was like we got on a tangent about reading and he was like oh have you ever tried to read a graphic novel on a kindle and i was like well i don't own a kindle but he was like no 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 but like you can at least on the kindle app you can have it step you through Uh. the bubbles like in the right order and i was like Oh man! <laughs> literally, I almost cried. I almost cried because That's amazing. I'm reading the cutest little graphic novel called The Tea Dragon Society, and that sounds it's, adorable. It's very cottage core, so like <laughs> obviously. And I, I wanted to read it so bad, and I didn't think it would be accessible to me. And that's, like, the sad part of being blind is, like, damn, that look. Oh, I never curse on the pod, but <laughs> here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, that looks good. And I was so glad I could read it. But then I went on another graphic novel, and it wasn't doing that feature. And I was like, is this not every single one? I'm very sad. I don't know. You can still zoom Ooh. in, but it wasn't that cool feature where it, like, walks you through it. So it's harder to deal with. But anyway okay i had to that tell, makes sense had to but tell that's incredible incredible and thank you to yeah. whoever made and, it and for me amazing accessibility feature for us low vision pals yes. oh my gosh yes i love that yes that makes me want to read a graphic novel girl you should you guys we have It just like squawked out. (laughs) We try to sound as bad as possible on the game song, and I think it gets worse every time. I think I just like like, I don't know how we can get more. I think like a cat just like or like glasses broke like when (laughs) we just did that. Remarkable. Okay. Yes. We just have like a real quick game about books. About books. (laughs) Um, we're going to do Books. our favorite childhood book, our favorite fiction book, and our favorite nonfiction book. And we've definitely mentioned these in the past. But listen, this podcast is almost three years old. Like, who's to say you've heard every minute of this podcast? You know. 
Honestly, I wouldn't be offended if you had. Uh, no. What's your favorite childhood boot, Cass? Okay, so my favorite series as a kid was Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I am not a huge fantasy person, but I loved that. Yes. I loved, like, the modern take on it. Um, I loved, like, part, you know, parts of it were real, like, in kind of a real world New York City type vibe. Um, parts of it were, you know, in kind of more, like, actual, like, Greek, uh, places. And so, it was so cool. I love a a rotating perspective book, and those did that for me, which I really, really enjoyed. Um... I just thought it was so well done. It was very captivating. It was really endearing. I read like multiple spin-off series that the that the author Rick Riordan wrote. Um I was I was a big fan. I was a big oh, fan. Oh, I yeah, Rick Riordan. Yes, the author. Oh, oh yeah, no. What a hero. A good one. Um so Here to the my masses. favorite, I've definitely mentioned it. So I'm a big Roald Dahl fan. I love all his books, but Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was mm. my jam and still is my jam and i love matilda too but charlie was like my childhood i was obsessed and it's great i love it yeah i love it um okay favorite fiction favorite book. fiction book i you know what i go back and forth a lot but i think it has to be anne of green gables by ellen montgomery mm. Um, that feels right for Anne you. is a really is a cottage core queen. Um, I love the way she sees the world. I love the way the book describes nature and like the the childlike wonder that we can have in this life if we look at like like Anne looks at like the forest and makes it this like big deal and like her imagination is so amazing and like I love her so much and. The whole series. I also love Anne with an E on Netflix, and um, I love that book so much. So I love it. I think that's my favorite book. Um, What about you, girl? Okay. So um, in school, I actually, and you know, reading books for school is usually a miss, but. One of them really, like, stuck with me. And I actually read it before um, we were assigned it. I knew we were going to read it. But um, I, I've read it a few times. I've, uh, I really, really enjoyed Fahrenheit 451. Mm. I thought it was just, like, I love the writing style. It's, I, I just think, um, oh, my gosh, why am I blanking on the author? Wait, <laughs> by, oh, oh, oh. I know, I know oh. it, too. It's like he... He's like very yeah, famous. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, oh, oh, it's um, driving me nuts because I know it. Oh, oh, we're gonna settle we're gonna this. Look now. It up. <laughs> uh, uh, hold, please. Um, hold, everyone, hold. Oh, Ray Bradbury. Uh, Ray, Ray Bradbury. Bradbury. Okay. Oh my god. I just think that the writing is inspired, um, especially as the book picks up momentum. Um, I, I think the way that information is divulged is like really like well paced and then at the very end like it just like really comes to a head and like it's it's that same kind of quirky imagery writing style that I enjoy about like kind of books like series of unfortunate events actually but like where like I remember uh the main character in that book is like sitting on a train and like there's like a toothpaste ad on the train and just the way like the way that, I don't know, him reading that ad becomes part of the narration mm. and it, like, it, like, flows into the way that you continue reading that, like, that particular scene. It's just, like, oh, man. Like, ugh. It's so, it's such a journey. And I think that, you know, it's got lots of ideas at the end of it. And, um, you know, you may or may not agree with the message. I don't even know how I feel about the message mm-hmm. at the end of the book, but I just thought it was so well written and like fascinating. So I really enjoyed. Well, those that kind one. of books are great though when you don't know how you feel about the message because it opens for such good yeah. discussion and like I love that so much. I love thought provoking things, and that's why reading is important. You can really um step into many different people's shoes and ideas and things like that. Um, okay, 
uh, is non non fiction. Um, my favorite nonfiction book. I've talked about this many times. You know, once you've done a podcast for a while, you repeat yourself a lot. Um, my favorite nonfiction oh, yeah, book is The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. I first yes, that's a really good first read that book in the sixth grade. Um, never forgot. I still remember, literally vividly remember, like first like reading it and the things like we talked about and then I've read it since in my adulthood probably like three or four times I love it like it's a World War II book um but it's very like just so many miracles happen and even like the darkest places in that book and um mm-hmm. I love Corrie ten Boom she's very wise and I love learning about even just like her family life and like their house and the way it's all laid out I just really like w- you know love that book so yeah that's awesome. What about you? Um, my, I, I've also said this on the podcast. Um, my favorite nonfiction is by Kate Bowler called um, uh, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. It's kind of a memoir um, ish, I guess. Um, basically, like she's a, a professor of uh, divinity at like duke she's really brilliant and smart and while she's working on her thesis like she starts getting sick she gets like sudden arm paralysis and then she also develops cancer in her intestines i believe Mm -hmm. and so it's just like her journey with reckoning what does it really mean to be human and and pondering like actual life and as someone you know someone with a chronic illness um, I have not often read a book in one day, but that was one of the books that I have done that with. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I found it so compelling. I felt so seen. I just, her rawness and honestness. And I also love her writing style. Yes. Um, I just think, man, it was so captivating and heartbreaking. Like I cried, but also it's, it's. You know, it's kind of ragged at the edges. Like, life is yeah, not yeah. neatly packaged. And even at the end of the book, it didn't necessarily end with, like, yes, I'm cured and everything is great now. Yeah. It, you know, it's just trying to exist in what we have now. And I and I did really love that message. I really <laughs> loved that book, too. And I just recently read her newest book called No Cure for Being Human. I believe that's what it's called. And that was all. I also highly recommend that book to anyone listening. Um, yeah, it's very like she's very much she's not playing that card of like toxic positivity. Like it's very mm-hmm. much like we aren't promised a perfect life and that's OK. But like things are going to go wrong and like we need to be OK with. I don't know. I, I like her. Yeah. Her style of delivering um, the story, too. It's very yeah. good. Yeah, um, she's got a, a really compelling writing. Um, yeah, also, does. for those interested in personal finance, this is a <laughs> this is a solid nonfic recommend. Uh, for it's called "I Will Teach You to Be Rich" by Ramit Sethi. He is like he writes really well. He, he has a he has a really funny way of writing too, um, and you can tell that he's intentionally trying to address young people. But like he really well outlines like. Um, you know, the ways to start getting like your finances in order. Like if you're ever, if you're interested in like, what does it mean to like budget or spend money on, on things that I need? Like how do I get out of debt? Or like, I didn't, I wanted to learn about investments and I was just overwhelmed by like what all of the words meant. Mm -hmm. And he really plainly, like more than anyone I've, I've heard before, like he very plainly laid it out. And I felt like for the first time it made sense. Okay. I love that. And I'll give one more since you did. And it's disability related because for the pod, I really recommend being human by Judy human. Um, she is a disability Ooh. rights activist and she helped put the 504 plan in place and it's such a good book and that is going to be the book I use for my final manuscript in braille transcribing which is Ooh. happening now and so oh my goodness I can't oh my gosh. we're here oh my gosh we're here um so yeah uh so many good books we I mean I'm sure there are so many more we could mention and recommend so many books not enough so time many to books and not books. enough time that's my stress my biggest stress in life is I don't have enough time to read all the books I want to read. I have like 300, <laughs> like two, there's like a two read shelf on Goodreads and I have like 300 on there that 
I want to read. So I think after we finish this episode is when I'm going to reactivate my Goodreads. Please account. follow me. Oh my gosh, we can be like social media Goodreads buddies. <laughs> we can make Goodreads friends. Girl, please do. You can make a challenge on there. It keeps track of all Ooh. your pages and all your reading throughout the whole year. It's so fun. It's like Spotify wrapped, but not. Um, but so thank you for listening, everybody. This was so fun. I love books, and so that was a great time. Oh, so good, you guys. Also, don't forget, as as we say, to follow us on the socials. Yes. We almost have a thousand followers we on are, Instagram. Hopefully, when this comes out, we do have. A we are one person on away from a thousand followers. So if you want to be that one person to push us over the edge, please do it. Please do we it. Thank um, you. We're on we're on all the things. Hello at rarewithflare.com. If you have uh, questions, comments, um, email, whatever. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.